Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association podcast, where our mission is to provide woodworking education for all levels and all types of woodworkers. To find out more about the Modern Woodworkers Association, visit us on the web at modernwoodworkersassociation.com or follow us on Twitter at NWA underscore national. Now to our host, Tom Iovino, Diami Palatki. Hello friends, this is Diami. Just a quick note before we begin. Skype was giving us issues as we recorded this, and the audio is not quite up to the standards we would like. We appreciate your bearing with it, and uh, hope you like the interview. Hello everyone, and welcome to this, the 78th edition of the Modern Woodworkers Association online discussion about all things woodworking. Today's special guest is Megan Fitzpatrick of Popular Woodworking, but before we get to her, let me introduce my partner in crime, but I am Tom Iovino of Tom'sWorkbench.com. My partner in crime, Diami Palaki. Hey, How Tom. You doing? I'm doing well. I'm a bit drier than you, I, I hear. Yeah, I'm telling you. We had uh, this this week has been crazy. We we had we had about eight up in this town called Tarpon Springs. They had about 18 inches of rain in two days. Wow. Um, so you're talking about flooding like of biblical proportion. Actually, part of my woodworking this week, I thought for sure I was going to have to find gopher wood and learn what a what a cubit was. Do tell. Well, you know, like building my own ark. Ah. Okay, that, that went right over my head. I'm sorry. Okay, well, you know, hang on, hang on with me. We're gonna get going with this, okay? So, so, we, so there's been a lot of you know a lot of time away from the shop working in the emergency operations center, but I'm eager to get back in because there's all kinds of cool stuff going on. So, Diami, what's in your shop right now? Um, right now, I actually have a little piece of trim from my friend's desk, which I've probably mentioned on the podcast before. Is in the driveway drying. I put two coats of shellac on it tonight. Um, and in the shop right now, I just have a couple pieces of quarter inch, uh, hardboard that I'm doing full scale drawings on. I've come to the realization that I do my best design work doing full scale drawings and I typically do it on either hardboard or MDF so that I can use it as a template and half the time it ends up getting cut out and used as a template. Nice. Um, so yeah, I'm working on this, uh, this arcade design and the whole thing is built around the electronics components. So I spent Saturday... First, sizing out the controls because the controls actually determine the width of the unit. Mm-hmm. And then I had to size out the piece that holds the monitor. because so the monitor, the controls determine the width and it's wider than the monitor, but the monitor will determine the height. Um, so I've got those two pieces completely sketched out to fit all of their corresponding electronics. And then now what, the next thing I need to do is sketch out the rest of it, which is all fit around those two pieces. Okay. So, um, I'll probably not get to that till I get back from vacation. I'm going away next week, but that's what's going on in the shop now is um, getting started on that arcade. Wait a second. Who, who approved vacation for you? <laughs> um, <laughs> thankfully, no one had to approve this one. This is a family vacation we've been taking since 1982. I, okay. It just happens every year. It's just, it's just, it's just automatically it's blessed by everybody. You just get to go right ahead. Yeah. Okay. So, Megan. Megan, I've been I've been so rude. I didn't ask you what was going on in your shop. You've been busy as well. Well, I don't actually have a shop at the moment. I'm in the you midst see? of setting up a shop at my new house. So, last I saw from your house, you had demolished what looked like a wall in a stairwell, but I'm not exactly sure where the wall was. Uh, yeah. you're you're still in the demolition phase of the house. I take it. I am still and will be in the demolition phase for a while, but I am sketching out some. 
bookcases that I'm going to do as built-ins in one room so that I can finally unpack all the boxes. Nice. But first, I have to get the shop set up, so I'm working on that in addition to tearing down walls now, and making in, a huge mess. If I, if I know the story, one of the big incentives to move and get a new house was to have a shop space. That or, is correct. Um, I have seven-foot ceilings now in my basement, and it's is, dry. That is excellent. That was going to be my question is where in the house does the shop go? It's going to be a basement shop? Yeah. Which I'm just excellent. delighted to have it not have to drive 15 miles to the office to use a proper table saw. <laughs> nice. There is a lot of value in that. Yep. Yes, when you can walk right to your shop within, within a minute. There, there's a lot to be said about that. And I don't even have to get dressed first. That's key. So. <laughs> well, I, I actually have to walk outside to walk into my shop. But I would say the same thing about getting dressed. Exactly. Yeah, the neighbors complain, Diami, just so you know. <laughs> I, I know they do. Yeah, yes, they do, but it doesn't mean anything. So that, that's good. And Megan, remember rule number one about, about home ownership. You must destruct before you can construct. Oh, sure. I, I'm the, always destructing. That's the fun part. <laughs> the destructing is always easier. Speaking about destruction. This, this old drywall plaster might kill me. It's harder than anything I've ever encountered. So we'll see. How about a stick of dynamite? I'm thinking about it, but that would make it even harder to rebuild the staircase. So. <laughs> Could I ask one question about the house before we move on? Yeah, sure. The old house, you spent all that time making a beautiful kitchen. Was that a big selling Thank point? You. Uh, it was actually because I had it on the market two or three years ago. I can't, 2011, okay. uh, 13, and it didn't sell. And everyone who came through said they didn't like the old kitchen and that they didn't like a driveway or they didn't like the lack of a driveway. Well, I couldn't put in a driveway, but I could redo the kitchen. So I did. And in fact, I sold it off listing. Somebody walked in, a friend of a friend saw the kitchen and said, do you want to sell your house? And I said, sure. And I <laughs> oh, thought that's they were excellent. Joking. But Next set of questions. <laughs> so it was worth it. And, you know, I did what would have cost me somewhere in the neighborhood of $30,000 for, I don't know, $6,000 total. Not Sorry. counting my time and all the tools that I use, but it's, you know, one of the great things about being a woodworker is you think you can do everything yourself <laughs> and it takes five times as long, but in the end, it works out for the best. Absolutely. And I'm just glad that uh, the people who bought the house appreciated that kitchen. Me yeah, too. Megan, just remember the big selling point is custom kitchen. Custom kitchen. And it was. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a great thing. Now, speaking about destruction, uh, one of the things that's been in my shop, Diami and, and Megan, has been uh, a, a couple of friends of ours actually came over. Well, they called one day and they said, are, are you at the house? Now, that's typically, <laughs> that's you know, when I, hear somebody, when I hear somebody ask me that, it typically means the cops are on the way. So I, uh, I, I, I said, uh, sure. And, uh, get, it, later that, and of course, later that day, they arrived with a chair, a poor dining room chair that had just been busted into pieces. Apparently some rather uh, stout individual had decided to, to laugh and, and guffaw and jump up and down in a chair, which caused it to crack. Um, so they're asking me if I can play, uh, you know, uh, do the $6 million man act. I feel I can rebuild it. Um, so that sits on my Did bench you have right the technology? now. Um, so that, that's that's the first thing that's 
my uh, my shop is uh, some some walnuts, some really nice looking walnut from our folks uh, from my uh, friends over at Bell Forest Products. Um, I'm building a, uh, a round uh, coffee table for the front uh, dining for the front. What is here now? So now I have no more excuses. I have to get out in the shop and I have to build that sucker. So I'm hoping to get you know some of the at least get a get. A start on it this uh, this coming weekend kind of mill up some stuff maybe maybe i'll get that chair done first and then i'll start milling up some stuff start gluing things together and with any luck i'll have it sometime before i don't know 2018 or 2020 oh you you work you don't give yourself enough credit tom you actually work pretty fast um will you will you work on the chair well, well once i get going it, it's well, momentum it's yeah. you know it's just getting started it's inertia will, will you work on the chair first or will you just kind of put that aside and tell your friends that you're in the middle of of a coffee table and then do the chair afterwards? Well, I'll probably I'll probably end up doing the chair so I can clear the shop, get the room, you know, kind of kind of get the chair out of the way, you know, let the friends know, hey, you can come on by and pick it up anytime, <laughs> and then um and then you know then that way I'll have access to all the tools I don't want it to be moving a chair, you know, parts of a chair back and forth, you know, it's also an upholstered seat, so I'm a little nervous about getting you know walnut dust all over it, you know. Right, right. Well, I'm assuming you could take it out of the shop. I uh, theoretically I could, but you know, where am I going to put it in my living room? Come on. Do you have to uh, do any refinishing or just reassembly of the chair? It's just the reassembly thing. It, it wasn't, you know, it was one of those things where it was put together with corner braces, just butt joints and corner braces. And, you know, really it wasn't, I mean, you know, I mean, it, the person who, who jumped up and down on this really came down hard on the front legs. So the both braces just snapped. So I'm going to have to remill and kind of, you know, I might dowel the piece together uh, in addition to putting the braces back on to give it a little extra security. So... Hopefully nobody will be doing this again in the future. <laughs> We've got our fingers crossed here, but we're not holding out too much hope. So, so Diami, now that all being said, well, what's going on in the Modern Woodworkers Association, the world we're in here? What are we doing? Well, I think the next thing of any excitement that we'll be doing is, uh, is why we brought Megan on. Because Woodworking America is, I think, tell me if I'm wrong here, but it's less than two months away. Can it be? Yeah, you guys are cutting in and out on me. I apologize. Yeah. No, I think it's Tom's connection. Oh, it's well, mine. anyway, yeah. Joe is seven weeks away, I think. <laughs> Yikes, I got to buy a ticket. Yes, I'm um, <laughs> Me too. Oh, wait. Yeah, <laughs> so we can all get there. The plane. So, so make us up. Sorry. Yeah, the darn airline and, and a hotel room would probably be handy too. Well, the hotel um, we got it's, the, so, it's the flight, but so so Megan, well, you know, how many years has woodworking in America America been going on now? Ooh, that's a great question. Uh, I believe our the tough ones up front. I think we are on year seven. I'd have to check to be sure. Um, no. I want to say two thousand eight was the first year. That sounds right to me. But I'm not 100 percent fair either. Kentucky, uh, I think that's right. Yeah, and it and just this keeps year growing. It, it keeps, and this year we're going to be, and we're going to be in Kansas City, Missouri, lovely Kansas City, home of barbecue, by the way. Yes, and the city of fountains. Reaching? City of fountains. I thought that was Versailles. I think that might be they stole it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> So, so we're going to be in Kansas City with some the home of really good barbecue and some awesome woodworking the weekend of September twenty fifth through twenty seventh. 
Correct. Am I right? Okay, good. Okay. Now, you, you see, yes, so sorry, about it again. Not, yes, September 25th through 27th, Kansas City, Missouri. Be there, <laughs> be <laughs> now, now, Megan, for somebody who's never been to an event like uh, like like woodworking in America, what what's what's the experience? What what do you want them to experience? What do you want the woodworker to experience? Well, I think one of the things that we try to do, I think we have done this year, uh, well, for the past several years, all the years, is bring together as many of the big names in woodworking and smaller names um, as we can, and get them all in one place. Because it's not, you know, you can go take a class from one person, but it's not very often you get a chance to learn from, in one weekend, the likes of a Patrick Edwards or, uh, you know, Mark Harrell on saws, David Marks on turning, Phil Lowe, Will Neptune, Jeff Miller, uh, Chris Schwarz, Mike Seamson. We just have a lot, and Jared Stonedahl, just so many big names all in one spot, which is not something you usually get to experience if you just take a class not, not that you shouldn't take a class to the school, but it's a different sort of experience. So you get to pick and choose a bunch of different topics that you're interested in and find out from the masters in those areas what it is you want to get better at, what you want to pursue, and who you might want to take a full-length class with. Right, right. Now, you've got a bunch of new uh, presenters this year, don't you? New uh, The new presenters this year? We have uh, Tom Fidgen uh, from coming down from Canada. We're very excited to welcome him. Uh, Mark Harrell is teaching for us. He's been at the show before, of course, with Bad Axe Saws, but this is the first year that he's teaching for us. Is he going Donna to teach? Hill, what is Mark going to teach? I'm sorry? What is Mark going to teach? Mark's going to teach um, how to uh, tune up a saw, like pick okay. up an old saw and know if it's worth rehabbing and how to go about it. I, I just wasn't sure if he would be teaching something like that, tuning up and sharpening, or actual use. But he's going to focus on getting the saw into, into the right condition to use properly. Right, and knowing if it's in good enough shape to be worth rehabbing, too. So basically, how do you take a flea market fine, know that it's worth buying, and then how do you bring it back to life in your shop? Right. Okay. And I'm, I'm sorry, I sharpening. to that. Right. Well, well, I'm assuming that's arguably the most important part. Yeah, I've lost you again. I'm sorry. No, I was just saying that sharpening is arguably the most important part. Well, if your saw is not sharp, it doesn't matter how good your form is. You're still going to have trouble cutting. So, yeah. <laughs> that always seems to be the case. And now, then another now Megan, I mean, you know. Wow, this, this connection is really bad. Hmm. I just got to say, this connection is really bad. I, I'm, 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 I'm not here. You guys are coming and going. Yeah, you uh, as Likewise. are you, Tom. Are we reaching? Yeah, Tom, I hear okay. you. Okay, Megan, you got me. At the moment, yes. Okay, good. All right, we'll see how much we can record while we still have uh, while we still have connection. Okay. <laughs> So Megan, it's not all. It's all not all about the new uh, presenters. There's there's some perennial presenters that are just awesome as well, right? Oh, there are, but I, I just don't want to get off the new presenters without mentioning Jared Stonedahl, whom I was introduced to uh, by uh, Peter Follinsby. and Jared does this incredible 
Swedish style spoon carving and basket making and canoe making and birch box, uh, birch shrink boxes. They're just fabulous. So I'm really excited to welcome him. But yeah, we have a lot of people that have been at the show before. Uh, Will Neptune, Patrick Edwards, Phil Lowe, Roy Underhill is joining us again. I'm happy to say (laughs) is back this year. He wasn't able to make it last year. We've got Mark Adams, um, Alf Sharp is new to us this year too, but he's oh, a big name. Oh. So we, you know, everyone's seen him. Te- or people have seen him teach other places, but this is the first time we've had him. Uh, Don Williams is back. Um, gosh, I don't know. The list is so long. I'm having trouble remembering all of them, honestly. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it's funny. This is like an all star lineup. I mean, when you when you start talking about this, this is like these are big names. I think so, yes. Yeah. I made to put my class against the biggest names so that everyone goes to see other people and not me. So. <laughs> you know, uh, if you don't want anybody to see you, that's the way to do it. Absolutely. It's, it's sort of a smorgasbord of, of, of woodworking delight, if you will. <laughs> that's a stupid line. Oh, well. well you know, it'll, it'll stick with you forever. Um, we'll, we'll be talking about this next year. Um, so, you know, what you've got, I mean, you've got these wide array of options. I mean, people are free to move from class to class as well. That's, that's, that's the beauty about woodworking in America is that you can sit in for one, kind of get bits and pieces. You can kind of move to another one. You can, you can kind of mix and match throughout the day and really see some Mm -hmm. impressive woodworking. Yeah. Yeah, You can, you can move from a finishing class to a class on how to set up your hand plane to a class on spoon carving to something on turning so we really do try to have more than one of something for everyone and if you don't like the class you're in get up and choose another one it's okay i'll tell you what though no matter what type of woodworking you're in the the breadth of what the classes are about covers a lot it it can't cover everything but it covers a lot but even if you're some you know niche woodworker who doesn't isn't really into any of the specific topics it is still absolutely worth going because you'll find presenters who, even if what they're talking about, the specific style they're teaching or the specific item they're teaching isn't up your alley, their presentation style and their overall form will be. A um, couple of years ago, I sat in on every Adam Carabini class, and he is an amazing teacher. I am never going to make a project the way he makes a project, but... <laughs> He was, it didn't matter. Just sitting there for 40 minutes and listening to him describe things was well worth um, sitting through it. So you don't need to get caught up on necessarily what the classes are about. Often the, present, the presenter makes the class regardless of the topic. Mm-hmm. And every year I walk out of there, even though I don't get to go to very many classes because I'm always running around trying to find a plug for somebody or whatever. <laughs> hmm. um, I, I, you know, every year I walk out just energized and just so happy. I'm always complaining right beforehand because there's so much work to do to make this all come together. But it is such an energizing and rewarding experience just to be together with, you know, 400 of your closest woodworking friends. Just a weekend that really is a deep dive into into woodworking makes me happy uh, or, you know, it makes me happier to, to know that I'm part of that. And I actually enjoy going to work that next week. And that's not always the case. So, <laughs> but that every year that happens, I get, I get so much out of it, even, even beyond just learning about woodworking. And I would uh, certainly agree with that is you, 
as a as a woodworker, thankfully without the responsibility of setting up the conference, um, going there and spending a full weekend with with your woodworking friends, it is it's very energizing, and you you're you enjoy every minute of it, and you leave so excited about getting into the shop and working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not it's not even just that the army. It's it's the you know I I've, I've been to I think the past seven of these. And I've got to tell you, there's always that moment somewhere during woodworking in America where you have the aha moment. You know, you're walking around and you're like, you know, you see these, these great projects. You've seen these people demonstrate. You've, you've seen them online. And then you walk in and there's that aha moment. Megan, the one year you built the, uh, you built the LVL bench, the glue bow. <laughs> and I walked yes. in and, 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 I, and, I, and I saw, and of course, I had, I had to jump up on the bench. Like you did, and in your video, I had to do it, but but it was but it was the aha moment where where you actually got an idea. Okay, you talk about the form of the bench, you talk about how it works, how it holds the work, how it each part functions together to make to make working with the pieces easier on your bench, and then you sit down and you hold and, you, and you've got your hands on the piece, and you start to think to yourself, this is how it works. You're trying to think about it in a magazine article and p- try to piece it together from pictures. But to actually, you know, put the hand on the vice and go, aha, you know, there it is. You know, okay, now I see what that does or how that functions. And to have that connection with the, with the you know, because woodworking is a very tangible thing. I mean, it's, you could describe it and you can, you know, show pictures of it. But until you get your hands on it, it's, it's, it's like a sculpture in the Louvre. You know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you look at it and admire it. But until you actually get your hands on it and actually, you know, see how it works, I mean, that, that's that aha moment that really – drives people back to the shop yeah well that's actually one of the nice things about the marketplace at the show also is that you can try out a number you know let's say you want a new dovetail saw well you can try out five of them there and decide which one is right for you again it's getting your hands on the actual thing itself rather than just trying to decide based on a description sure and it's not just the thing, it's also the technique and having somebody physically take you through it rather than just try to read it and, and guess between the pictures. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you can learn in the marketplace, too, that everyone who's down there selling and showing off their beautiful tools is happy to, to teach you how to use them as well. So, And, you know, that marketplace is just the other, I mean, just just walking into the marketplace, like you said, I mean, not only is everybody eager to teach you, but there you're also able to, you know, see, you know, what does this look like? You know, again, you see the picture in the catalog. Do I really need one of those? I wonder how that compares to this one. And you can actually put them side by side. Really, it's it's one of those moments where you get all those manufacturers together and even people who resell old tools. And you get a chance to see how does this compare to something that was built 100 years ago? And have they made the improvements? Is it on par? Is it, you know, so you really get that, that whole opportunity. And then, of course, you get to enjoy it with everybody together. My problem with the marketplace is that I always walk out a lot poorer than I walked in. <laughs> <laughs> Which is both it's good called, and bad. It's called the LWS, the light wallet syndrome. Yeah. That's right. You, you get LWS when you go there. I get LPS. It's the purse syndrome. Oh, light yeah. purse syndrome. I like it. <laughs> But I figured your purse would get heavier when you start putting the tools into it. I, I don't understand. So. I bring a really big bag with me. 
Now, so, it, you know, one of the one of the traditions of uh, and, I, and you mentioned Mike Seamson, one of the traditions of uh, of of modern of of the um, of the Woodworking in America weekend has been the hand tool Olympics. Has Mike agreed to come on Mike board? For, has Mike agreed to come on board for the hand tool Olympics this year? Oh yeah, he's running it again. The whole thing yes. is his child from the beginning, so we would we wouldn't do it without having him be part of it. But he's also teaching for us this year, which I'm excited about. He's teaching without advice, and he's also going to be running the Hand Tool Olympics. But he has some helpers, so. Mm. Of course. And, you know, the fun thing about that is when you you go to something like the Hand Tool Olympics, which is down in the marketplace, um, you you, you see people when they come in, right? And you got all the woodworkers, and, you know, they all walk around. They're all, oh, I'll demonstrate I can do it. The funniest thing is to see the kids is to see their, their children, you know, the, like the, like the eight year old or 10 year old kids who walk up to the bench and they want to try and, 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 and to watch Mike and the people who volunteer with him all, all the, all these times they, 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 they take the time to, um, to, to, to show these kids how to use these tools. And sometimes, I mean, the saws are even bigger than the kids are. <laughs> and it got, it's cute. Right. I, bring my camera and start banging away pictures because it's so much fun. Everybody gets so involved in it. It starts to get this, you know, there's a lot of, of course, good natured ribbing that goes along, but there's also a lot of teaching that goes along as well. There is. I wish more of us were like those kids. Those kids walk up and they're not scared of anything. They're not afraid to do it wrong. They don't know there's a wrong way. They don't care if they make a fool of themselves. They just want to try it. And I wish that more people my age would do the same thing, honestly. I think we'd learn a lot more and have a lot more fun doing it. Mm. And we're all too scared of failure. Don't be afraid to fail. Give it a shot. Yeah. What's well, the worst you know, that can happen? You learn something. Great. You know, and the funny thing is the good-natured ribbing actually helps a lot, too. I think so. Yeah. Because, you know, because we all challenge each other. It's it's funny. I still remember the time, was it Matt, Matt Gradwall? Um was was using the rip saw and he actually got kickback as he yeah. leaned big dude and he leaned into the rip saw and he actually got kickback and it hit somebody in the back. He hit Aaron, Aaron Marshall with it. Aaron Marshall he hit him with kickback <laughs> off off a handsaw. It was it was it was incredible. So the good natured ripping I, I think you know to this day he'll, he'll still he'll never live that down. But you know that that's kind of the fun of it. It's that it's that you know that that camaraderie that goes into it. I still remember the one year that Mike brought the uh, stump and the little oh, nails. Lord and he's and he's. Oh, the Noggler, I think, yeah. <laughs> the Noggler, and, and he brought he brought the stump with him everywhere he went, and he got people at bars and at restaurants to participate. It, it, was, it was it was magnetic. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Megan, I I will admit that once I schedule the dates and book the hotel room, I tend to having gone for many years, uh, I tend to not pay attention to what the actual you know, plan for the event is knowing that no matter what I plan beforehand, it's just going to kind of go out the window and I'm going to go where the wind takes me when I'm there. Um, so since I'm kind of ignorant, could you fill us in on anything that's going on outside of the actual seminars during the day? Do you have any, any evening events planned? Um, unfortunately I think it's just about sold out. Um, on Saturday night we have an optional event that's at the Kansas city woodworkers, um, club and that's with Roy Underhill. It's a barbecue dinner, but I, I think that's sold out. However, there are plenty of opportunities for everybody to get together. I know last year there were three bars that all of 
the woodworkers who were in attendance kept, you know, we were all texting each mm. other and running back and forth and meeting people. So I know that there'll be all kinds of additional extracurricular activities, if you will. There and always are. Friday night. Well, Friday night, we actually are opening the marketplace for an hour and a half for conference attendees only. Um, we're calling it Brews and Brows. Um, so there'll be beer available. Don't drink too much if you're going to try out the tools, but, uh, you can walk around in the marketplace with, with a drink, talk to everybody. And it's just for the conference attendees. So awesome. And that's the next one. No ticket required. It's part, it's part of the ticket. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all part of it. And, you know, the funniest thing about social media now, the online woodworking communities, everybody knows how to work the social media so well that when people start going someplace, it automatically becomes a gathering. Right. <laughs> it becomes one of those events that you must attend, you know, so you got to swing by this place or swing by this place. It's funny. I know. And then you swing too many places and you can't get up in the morning. It's a little scary. <laughs> Well, the funniest part is that you show up that next day and you have to hold uh, Roy Underhill's log while he starts chopping. <laughs> well, I know I'm smart enough to stay away from Roy the morning after something like that. So. <laughs> That's why I you want to be into it, because I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> you volunteered, sir. You volunteered. Yes, I did. I, I volunteered because I was just brave and silly enough to do it. <laughs> brave and silly? I don't know if that's how I would have described it, Tom, but you did volunteer. <laughs> I, I describe it as brave and silly. Brave, silly, it's all the same. So. That's right. Well, you know, actually, I should say we are still looking for a few volunteers for camera operators, et cetera. So if there are people out here listening who would like to attend, but and I know it's a little pricey. Um, we have to pay the, the speakers, of course. Um, but I do need some volunteers, and in exchange for doing some work for one day, I, I can let you in free also. So if that's of interest, please send me an email at megan.fitzpatrick at fwmedia.com, and we can chat. Because I'd love to have you there if you want to be there, and I need your help. <laughs> nice. Well, put me down for helping with uh, Roy's camera again this year. Okay, I'll do it. I Okay, and I promise this this time I'll wear a long a long tail t shirt and suspender so I don't moon anybody. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to live that down either. The one time That's I had to bend over to pick up a log, that was bad news. So, <laughs> so, so Megan, how long, if you don't mind me asking, how long does it take to play? How much work does it take to put something like this together? You guys must be going nuts, like 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 eight ten months in advance. Well, right now we're looking at the location for next year, so I'm really hoping I can announce that at this year's show. We haven't been able to pull that off yet, but I'm trying to. So this year's planning, frankly, is mostly done. What I'm working on now is trying to get the last-minute things in place, making sure we have enough workbenches, making sure I have all of the equipment that the instructors need, making sure I rent a truck to get it there, things like that, and then working on next year's planning already. I was going to ask, all the benches, or not, maybe not all, but many of the benches and supplies all get shipped there from Cincinnati? Well, like last driven year I drove down to North Carolina on a 25-foot truck. So I'm really hoping, um, and I have some calls out to people in the area, if I can't find enough benches to borrow from area woodworkers, good benches, then I'll bring them. But if we can find enough, I would much rather borrow them for the weekend. So Sounds a lot easier. Yes. Yes, it is. 
Well, you have to have, you know, you'd have to have somebody like, you know, like, like a Roy Underhill autograph somebody's bench. I mean, if they're going to bring the bench out, they, yeah, you gotta, you gotta get it autographed by as many exactly. woodworkers. I mean, yeah, seriously. It's, you know, it's, it's a, it, it adds some cachet to one's bench to have Roy or Patrick or Jared or Phil working on it. <laughs> oh, certainly. I mean, Absolutely. you know, come on, just think about how much they would fetch on eBay. Come on. Maybe I could and sign something. You something. jump on it, Tom. <laughs> Maybe I could sign a bench and make it worth less. Just leave a boot print on it. I'll do that. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so we got logistics covered. Um, you know, we've got the whole, we got the whole thing, you know, the whole package coming in. I mean, when, when, when this, this whole thing coming together, I mean, it's, it's really just that big, you know, push to the, to the finish line. Now we got that seven weeks. So, I mean, if people are interested in finding out more about, you know, woodworking in America, what do they do? How do they get involved? What did, what do they have to do? Well, if you really hate using the computer, you can call me. My number's in the magazine. But I would prefer that you go on. Actually, you can find out more faster and better online at woodworkinginamerica.com. And all the information is including travel information and hotel discounts are all on that page. So that's one-stop shopping for anybody who's interested, right? That's right. But I will personally take your call if you want to call and talk to me about it. So. Operators are standing by, and when you Operators get that call, you celebrate how close you are to the event, right? That's right. <laughs> um. Well, Megan, um, we probably have uh, have uh, uh, asked you this before, but we'd like to ask you again some Uh-oh. some some more in depth questions about your woodworking. Okay. Okay, so for, we asked you the five questions last year. Who was most influential, you know, your favorite tool, things like that. Let's see what we can ask Megan now. What's your favorite species of wood to work with? Oh, cherry. Really, why? Um, probably because I'm stuck in a cherry rut and I need to branch out. Most of what I've built is cherry, and so I just sort of gravitate toward it because it's what I've used before and I want it to all match and look good together. Mm-hmm. But um, I like walnut a lot too. I like um, North American hardwoods. I'm not really into exotics. I'm too cheap. <laughs> <laughs> there, there we go. So now, what are the one in North? So cherry and walnut. One of North American hardwoods you didn't mention was maple. Is there is there a preference more towards darker North American hardwoods? Uh, yes and no. Yeah, yes. I mean, I, the, the house I just bought is verging into the arts and crafts period. My mm-hmm. older house is Victorian. Okay. So, I, you know, I may actually, oh, I don't know, try some oak. We'll see. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Are you going to say that? <laughs> I know. It's crazy. <laughs> Are you actually going to try to decorate the house to match its lineage? I'm sorry? Are you actually going to try to set up and decorate the house to match its lineage? So if it's beginning arts and crafts house, you're going to actually set it up with arts and crafts furniture? Oh. Well, decorate's a bit of a stretch, but, you know, when I go to build, I'm not much of a decorator, not really my thing, but when I go to build, say, a bookcase, I'll, you know, probably I'm looking at arts and crafts style as inspiration. I'll probably modernize it a little bit or do some things a little different than, say, Stickley might have, well, mm-hmm. obviously, but, um, yeah, I'm looking there for inspiration rather than the shaker that I had built before because I've, I've done that. I've done a lot of that. It's time to try something different. So then once you get this house all built out, then you'll buy a mid-century house, and then you'll buy... Um, a... No, no, no. 
I have to rebuild a staircase. I imagine that it's going to be a long time before I get around to the furniture. So Wow, a staircase. <laughs> There's ambition right there. Yeah, and I don't actually know how to do that, so I get to learn something new. It's <laughs> a good day you get to learn something new in woodworking. Yeah, I can do it. No problem. Now, when, uh, when you're not using cherry or walnut, or when you don't want them to look like cherry or walnut, do you prefer dye or stain? Ooh, I almost always do a clear coat or I paint. <laughs> not the cherry or the walnut. I paint fine. But um, let's assume you had to color it. Let's assume you did live in a mid-century house and you wanted a blue sofa. Ooh, I would never. But if I had to, <laughs> I would probably use an aniline dye. You, you answered that correctly. Nice. Oh, there we go. <laughs> oh, well, good. <laughs> Mostly Maybe because the- I don't think stain comes in blue. I'm pretty no, sure. No, well, there you go. <laughs> um, no, no, I don't know that it does either. But um. <laughs> That was a trick question, but you didn't uh, You see, Diami was fishing for the right answer. Yeah. Now, now, now Megan, this is, this is going to be a very deeply personal question, and I, I hope you're not offended if I ask you. What's your favorite My kind of glue to use? My favorite kind of glue? Yeah. Um, uh, high glue, hands down, high glue. Uh, bottled or hot? Um, I would like to say I prefer hot, but I'm always forgetful and don't prep it the night before when I know I need it. So I end up using bottled. <laughs> okay. So if you're not thinking, of, if, if the dog eat your homework, you'll have if to go cat, bottled, correct? Yeah. If the cat, if the cat's pooped all over my homework, I, uh, <laughs> I go for the bottled glue. If, if I remember, I would, pref- I prefer to prep, uh, flakes. I mean, okay. uh, we're all sorry. Okay, well, what, well, what, what, what's your, uh, what's your hot pot look like? What, what, what's your, what's your setup look like? Um, it looks like an old thing that you used to boil soup in in college with a jar in the middle of it with Perfect. water around it. Perfect. <laughs> Pretty fancy. That, that, you gotta, you gotta love that. Little glue pots, like tiny little glue pots. Uh, I collect those, but I don't actually use a proper glue pot for heating glue because they're cute. I can't. <laughs> they're too darn cute. <laughs> they are, and they're too small. The ones I have, and I'm sure the problem with that old college heater is that it works too well to actually break down and buy a new one. Yeah, exactly. Well, I could use my crock pot too, but sometimes that <laughs> actually food in it. So you know, if you have a pot roast in one and high glue in the other, hmm, okay, you don't want to get mixed up. <laughs> and if you cook the pot roast long enough, it might turn into glue. I'm not. There's sure a good I- chance it will. <laughs> Yeah, but you got the next yeah. one. Now, again, let's uh, let's forget the style of your house for this question. I'm going to only focus on house questions. Um, <laughs> what what would be your favorite style of furniture if you were not looking to match any you know anything around it? You just wanted to build a style. For me, am, am I going to have to live with it, or am I just building it for the fun of building it? Let's say you're building it for the fun of building it. If I'm building it for the fun of building it, I would really like to try some kind of fancy bent lamination like studio furniture crazy work um like you see coming out of peter corn school um it is not something i would live with but it is something i would try why wouldn't you live Um, because i'm not that daring in my style (laughs) (laughs) i'm not says the woman who built the workbench out of laminated veneer lumber yeah, but that was an experiment for the magazine, and it works well, so why would I build another one when I have a perfect... Well, I did build another one, but that was for home. <laughs> well, you know, well, I don't see the need to, to do another workbench when I have one that works perfectly well, and I like it for my purposes. But that's different than living with something, I think. 
Well, it depends how close you live to your shop, I guess. Well, right, but it, that that's a tool. A workbench is a tool. It's not a piece yeah. of furniture. Sure, you're not you're not putting a tablecloth on it. Although well, cloth on it, I wouldn't care what it looked like at all. But yeah, <laughs> although no, you know, well, okay, well, there's a thought. Now, yeah. Megan, I've got another deeply personal question, and I, I, don't be offended, okay? But I'm going to ask you this, and and if you don't want to answer, it's okay. Do you have enough clamps? Do I have enough clamps? Yes. No. <laughs> Perfect. No. You passed the test. <laughs> oh, good. I tried. <laughs> I have some cool old clamps of my grandfather's, but I, they're really old. You know, they're those wooden ones that have the the jaws that you have to move the location on them to make them work. Oh, and nice. I'm afraid of ruining them. So I, yeah, but I can't use them because I just I just can't use them. So I need to I need to get some more cabinet clamps. Nice. Well, hopefully you've got some connections. I know some people, um, but I insist on paying full price for stuff, so I have to wait until I can pay for it. And I'm a little little shy on cash right now. So, well, I know you've got it all tied up in your dynamite budget, so that that'll that'll be good. That's right. <laughs> okay, once, once you get done with the demolition, you can certainly start thinking about clamps. Megan, it has been a pleasure and an honor to have you on. Oh, you're hey. very. Sweet. It's always oh. fun to talk to you guys. It's a, As it's a it is place. with you. Now, now, Megan, one more time. If somebody's interested in coming out for Woodworking in America, where should they go for information? Uh, woodworkinginamerica.com. Or and email me, megan.fitzpatrick at fwmedia.com. And, and I know that the three people who are listening to this but somehow don't like computers can call you directly. That's right. They can. 513-531-2690, extension 11348. <laughs> How do you and, you know, you weren't afraid. Like, we could have Donald Trump deliver that for you. Excellent. So there we go. <laughs> do I have I to be give to people numbers? I won't so. be. <laughs> no. No one has to. <laughs> okay. There we go. All right. <laughs> Thank you very much. And for with that, that just about wraps up tonight's show. If you're missing us already, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes. Just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. Once you're subscribed, be sure to never miss another exciting episode. And while you're at iTunes, please be sure to leave us a five-star rating. It helps our rank so others can more easily find us, even if you don't think we deserve to be found. I, I, I wouldn't find you, Tom. Okay. But if you do want to find out more about the Modern Woodworkers Association, be sure to visit modernwoodworkersassociation.com. Follow the MWA on Twitter at MWA underscore national. You can like the MWA on Facebook or circle Modern Woodworkers Association on Google+. While you're there, join the MWA Google Plus community for project sharing, discussion, and loads of woodworking banter. And uh, I have been Diami Plotke of penultimatewoodshop.com. On the Twitters, I am at Diami Plotke. And I am, have been, and always will be, resident chat monkey Tom Iovino at Tom'sWorkbench.com. And you can find me at Tom's Workbench, at, at Tom's Workbench on Twitter. Until we see you again, we wish you all happy sawdust. Thanks for listening. <laughs>